In the first mission of this parak, there was a discussion as to whether two different types of forbidden items, for example, Truma and Bikurim, if they both fall into Chulin, and there's only enough Chulin to nullify each one individually, but if the Truma and Bikurim are combined, then there is not enough Chulin to nullify them, there was a discussion as to whether the Truma and Bikurim would combine or not. There was a three-way machlikas over there. According to the Tanakama, they do combine. According to Shimon, they don't combine. And according to Eliezer, they combine in certain situations. In our Mishnah, we're going to see the first two opinions. However, in this Mishnah, we will add one more case, which is the exact opposite of the case in the first Mishnah. And we'll quote both of the cases in this Mishnah. So the Mishnah tells us, Tavlin, spices, and really this is a general term, including any strong thing, any strong food which gives off a taste to the rest of the mixture. So it would also include wine or vinegar, onions, and of course spices. But what happens if you have multiple spices? And firstly, we're going to quote the case we had in the first Mishnah, just that here we're discussing spices, and that is Shanaim Mishlosh Shemos. There are two or three names, and in the context of Taruvas, of mixtures, Shemos generally refers to prohibitions. So there are two or three different prohibitions, Mimin Echad, from one type of food. Meaning, all of the spices are the same type. So, for example, let's say they're all pepper. Well, there's an oil pepper, there's a trimmer pepper, there's a kleakerim pepper. And they all fall into the same chulin mixture. And now we're going to have the opposite case, and that is where there's only one prohibition. So, for example, all of the spices are oil spices, but omishleisha... They're from three different types of food. So, for example, you've got Ola vinegar, you've got Ola pepper, and Ola garlic. So that's the exact opposite case of the first case. So as the mission in both these cases, Osur and Mitztorfin, they are forbidden and they combine, which really means they combine and that is why they are forbidden, because according to the first opinion of our Mishnah, they just need to share one thing in common. Either it's the same type of food, or it's the same type of prohibition, in either of those cases, and of course if it's both, then they would combine. However, even the Tanakama agrees that if it's two different types of prohibitions, and it's two types of food, then they would not combine. Now, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon says, in both of these cases, whether it's a Shnei Meshlosh Shemus Mimin Echad, two or three different prohibitions, but one type of food, a Shnei Minin, or two types of food, but Meshem Echad, one type of prohibition, in both the cases you talked about, Enon Mitztorfin, they do not combine, because the only time that they would combine is if it is both the same prohibition and the same type of food. So if there's lots of oil or pepper, then it would combine. But otherwise, according to Rabbi Shimon, two forbidden items do not combine in a mixture. And so Rabbi Shimon is actually being more lenient, since because they don't combine, you would need less chulin to nullify each individual forbidden food. Mishnah Yud Aleph, the Machlaikas in this Mishnah between Yubiliezer and the Chachomim, concerns a concept known as Zevozegoyrim. This concept comes out quite a bit, and it refers to a case where two things occur, which together bring about a result. But had only one of them occurred, then it is not sufficient enough to bring about the result by itself. And we'll explain what exactly this means via the example of our Mishnah. So, shall chulin v'shel If there is chulin sourdough and truma sourdough, shenofu l'soich isa, which both fall into a chulin dough. Neither sourdough by itself is enough to cause the dough to rise, but if you put them together, now that both the chulin sourdough and the trimmer sourdough were both added, now the result of the bread rising, of the dough rising, that does come about only because the trimmer sourdough and the chulin sourdough were both combined. But again, by themselves, there wasn't enough to cause the dough to rise. Now, Rebbe is of the opinion that Zevo Zegirim Osir, 
that if two causes are combined and one is forbidden, one is permitted, and together they cause a result, then the result is also considered forbidden. So in our case, since one of the pieces of sourdough was truma, which is forbidden for non-kayanim, the result is also forbidden, and therefore the dough will be forbidden for non-kayanim. On the other hand, the Chachon hold that there was a Gerimutter, that that case would be permitted, since there, at the end of the day there wasn't enough forbidden sourdough to cause the dough to rise, and so the dough cannot become forbidden as a result of adding the forbidden thing to the permitted thing. So that would be the f- simple case of Zevzegurim in our Mishnah. However, Abeliezer is going to say an exception where even he would agree that it would be permitted. So again, each sourdough there wasn't enough to cause the dough to rise, but in its Torfuvichimtsu, they combined and together they caused the dough to rise. Now the case we're discussing is where each piece of sourdough, they didn't fall in together, rather they fell in one after the other. So Rebeliezer, Rebeliezer says, I follow the last one which was added. Meaning if Truma was added last, then it will be forbidden. If Chulun was added last, then it will be permitted. So in a case where the Truma was added last, it's forbidden. So that's Rebeliezer's regular opinion, that Zevozegerim is forbidden. The question is, why does he permit a case where the Truma was added first and then the Chun was added? Surely that's also a case of Zevozegerim. And the answer is, indeed it is. Rebeliezer would also hold that in a case where you add truma sourdough and then chulin sourdough, it would be forbidden as well. However, what Rebeliezer is saying here is that if you add the truma sourdough and then you take out that sourdough, so the sourdough did cause the dough to rise a little bit, but then you took it out. So at this stage, the truma sourdough is done, and did it cause the dough to rise? No. So even if you then add chulin sourdough and the dough ends up rising fully, the dough will not be forbidden since the truma sourdough is no longer there. The truma sourdough was taken out of the picture when it was removed from the dough. And since at that stage the sourdough hadn't yet risen, so the truma's effect was not recognizable at that stage, but since it was removed, the dough will not become forbidden in that case. However, whether the forbidden sourdough, i.e. the truma sourdough, whether that fell in at the beginning or the end, it will never forbid the dough unless it itself is sufficient, it's large enough to make the dough rise by itself. But if it will only cause the dough to rise together with the permitted sourdough, so that would be a case of Zevazegeirim, which the Chachom hold would be permitted. Mishnah base. The following Mishnah supports the Chachomim's opinion because we have testimony from Yezer Ish Habira, Yezer who came from a place called Bira, or alternatively, Bira refers to a part of the Beis Hamikdash, or it refers to the entire Beis Hamikdash. In which case, the Mishnah is telling us that he worked in the Beis Hamikdash. He had a fixed job there. Be it as it may, he was one of the students of Beis Shammai, and he said, he testified that Sha'altis Rabban Gamliel Hazakein. I asked Rabban Gamliel Hazakein, Rabban Gamliel the Elder, who was the grandson of Hillel, which is interesting since he was a Talmud of Beis Shammai, but nevertheless he asked Rabban Gamliel, while he was standing at the eastern gate of the Harabayas, at the entrance to the Beis Hamikdash, and he asked him what the halacha is in the case of the previous Mishnah. The truma sourdough would only forbid the chulin dough if there's enough truma sourdough in itself to cause the dough to rise. But if it will only cause it to rise when combined with chulin sourdough, then it will not forbid the mixture since zevozegirem is mutter. So therefore we see that this supports the Chachom's opinion, who also hold that zevozegirem is permissible.
Mishnah Yud Gimel, because the previous two Mishnahs were discussing adding two different things, one which is forbidden, one which is permitted, to something which is permitted, the Mishnah discusses a similar case, but with regards to Tumah and Tahara. Now the halacha is that if a liquid, or at least one of seven liquids, water, wine, honey, etc., if one of those liquids touches a utensil, so if the liquid is tome, then the utensil becomes tome as well. This is unlike food which is tome, because tome food cannot make other utensils tome. However, tome liquids can. So the Mishnah tells us that kalim, utensils, and the Mephoshim explained that we're discussing shoes over here which are made out of leather, that were applied with tome oil. So since tome oil was added to the leather, they would often do that in order to soften the leather. But since the oil was Tomei, the shoes also become Tomei. And although the mission doesn't say this, the case under discussion is where he waited for the shoes to dry, so the oil was all dry. Now even once the shoe is dried, it still remains Tomei. And so he put the shoes into a mikveh in order to purify them, and when he took them out, they are now considered pure. And then, once they dried again, he went back and added more oil to them, but this time the oil was pure. So by the end of this, the shoes are pure, or if it was the other way around, or if he added pure oil to the shoes, and then waited for it to dry, and then he added tome oil to them, so at this point they became tome. However, once again, once they dried, he put them into a mikvah and purified them. So at this stage, the shoes are pure, because since they became tome, they were put into a mikvah, and purified. However, as soon as anybody uses the shoes, the oil will start coming out of the leather, since all this time it was just absorbed in the leather. Now the halacha is that tome oil which is absorbed in the leather, as long as it's absorbed, it cannot make the shoes tome. So though originally it did make the shoes tome, that was when it was added to the shoes. But then it was absorbed, and at that stage it remained tome, but since then it was put into a mikvah which purified the shoes. Now even though when you take it out of the mikvah, there is still tome oil absorbed in the leather, that doesn't make the leather tome. However, that's only as long as it's still absorbed in the leather. But when somebody starts wearing the shoes, then the oil will begin to come out of the leather again. It will appear on the surface, and at that stage it can make the leather tome once again, because it's no longer absorbed. The question is, that oil which is coming out of the leather, do we assume that that's the tome oil automatically? Because remember, there was a lot of pure oil which was also added to the leather. So maybe it's still the pure oil which is coming out, and therefore the leather shouldn't yet be tome. So how do we know which oil is coming out? So Rebeliezer says, I follow the first one. Meaning, whichever oil was added to the shoe first, we assume that that is the one which is appearing on the surface first. And some explain this to mean that Rebeliezer means that we actually assume that both of the oils came out, or part of both of the oils. So since some of the Tome oil came up onto the surface of the leather, the leather will be considered Tome. However, the Chachomim say, we follow the last oil which was added, because since that was added to the leather last, so that's nearer to the surface of the leather. So we assume that that one is the one which will come up first, and so the oil which is appearing on the surface of the leather, if the last oil which was added was Tome, then we assume that the oil is Tome, and therefore the shoes are Tome. But if the last oil which was added was the Tahar oil, then we assume that that is the oil which is emerging on the surface, and therefore the leather shoe will remain Tahar according to the Chachomim.